Okay, you're all good? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. And the title of today's episode is The Perfect Landing Page. Now that is pretty broad and obviously what is perfect varies from person to person, but to help us try and get towards your own version of perfect, we've got Oliver Kenyon from The Landing Page Guys and really there's no one better we could have to and help us answer this question. Firstly, welcome to the show, Oliver. Thanks for joining thank us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Not too bad, thank you. I'm looking forward to uh, a little bit of normality over here in the UK this weekend. Obviously, the first kind of weekend whereby we can see friends in gardens. So, yeah, it's a, it's a long weekend, and um, yeah, looking forward to sort of tying up some work and, and having a bit of normality. Well, I was going like to say, you, oh, you look like you've uh, had the barber around still, though. No, this is a this is a this is a wife cut. All oh, right, yeah, I'm the so, same. I've got the wife. A, a bit dodgy, but um, yeah, hopefully a, a proper haircut soon. <laughs> I did, I, I grew it for so long and then I gave in. I was like, you're going to have to do something there because it just became unbearable. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm at that point. My girlfriend refuses to do it because during the first lockdown, she did and like just completely scouted me. So she's just left <laughs> me now. I feel, feel awful. Um, yeah, yeah. So for people listening, well, by the time this goes out, will be a couple of weeks after Easter. But at this point, we're mm. staring down the battle of a four-day weekend so have you you know I think it'd be rude not to ask you getting nice plans for, for your four days I have actually like I, I was having this conversation with a friend earlier and I think I think it was like even though we weren't meant to we were a bit naughty at new year and, and it kind of went to um Andy who's my co-founder at landing page guys we're, we're very close as friends and as business owners and um we, we kind of went to theirs and and that I think I think that was the last kind of night that we've had socially you know out and about so you know, now that Bojo said we can sort of do six in a garden, um, we're, we're doing similar this weekend. So tomorrow night, uh, well, tomorrow afternoon, we're going to do a bit of a kind of barbecue and a few drinks at um, Andy's house with our families. And we were just off air discussing that me and Andy had um, two little girls at a similar sort of time about 10 months ago. So they're like, they get on really well. And Andy's got another son called Teddy, who's a, who's a lovely little lad. So yeah, we'll, we'll just kind of be around there and playing in the garden. And I'm sure we'll have them. Um, a fair few drinks and, and hopefully a good time. Nice. So yeah. just to get things started, I mean, I know you guys do a lot in the e-commerce side of it, yeah. but for the purpose of this podcast, we're kind of fo- focusing on the lead generation of side course. of things. Um, but just kind of get started. Can you give us a little intro for people who, if anyone doesn't know what yeah, the landing page guys do? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I'll be very honest. Our, our very first clients and the very first, probably the first two years we primarily worked on lead gen. So we've been going for, uh, landing page guys have been going for eight years now. Um, and it's co-founded by myself and my business partner, Andy, who you'll hear me talk a lot about during this podcast. Um, and we, we founded the company due to a necessity, really. I, I founded um, a, an affiliate community online, the largest affiliate community online called Affiliate Fix. And when that forum was growing, we were having lots of people come onto the forum. And I was always very... Uh, kind of meticulous and, and, and loved the whole kind of branding side of things so my forum looked very nice it was very nicely designed I didn't use like a default feed bulletin theme it was very bespoke looked nice I, I managed to kind of find a good designer and stuck with him in fact the two designers that I used all those eight years ago still work for us full-time at landing page guys so it's really cool but we, we started having a lot of members come on and liking the design. So they liked the forum. It was really cool. And they said, you know, how can we use your designer? Can we get in touch with your designer? Um, and at that time, I, I don't didn't call myself a businessman. I was still a full-time chef, still, still um, you know, doing this as a sort of side hustle 
dreaming of one day having my own business and making money online. Um, but I, 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 without knowing it, I subconsciously just thought, you know what, I'm going to like arbitrage this. So I kind of sat in the middle as a middleman. Effectively, I was a, a glorified project manager, whereby a couple of our members would ask to use our designer to build landing pages and websites. And I'd sit in the middleman, be the middleman and take a cut of the, the commission. And funnily enough, I, I met Andy through the forum. We live only about 30, 40 minutes away, but we actually met on the forum. There was a, on, on the forum, you have like a little, if anyone's old school and they remember old school forums, you have like a little location setting in your in your account. So Andy saw that, mine, I think it was the other way, or I saw that Andy was Bristol, I was Bristol. So I hit him up and just said, look, you know, it's amazing that we've got this global forum, people all over the world, and you're 30 minutes down the road. So I remember him saying, oh, let's let's uh, let's meet for a coffee and have a chat. And I always tell a story and he'll probably use the other side of the room and probably swear at me. But I always remember my wife going, my now wife going, oh, don't meet this guy. He could be some weirdo. Don't bring him <laughs> to our house. Like, you know, meeting online. And um, we, we did. He, he came for a, a coffee and I, he, he was I think he was employed by me. I say employed. It was like this stupid contract that said, like, it was hilarious. Like, you know, I'll pay you 400 quid a month or something to to look after a couple of these clients. Um, and I think after about two days, I rang him up and was like, nah, this isn't going to work. Let's just go into partnership and take this thing to the next level. So that was the start of landing page, guys. Um, funny enough, our first ever client was was a, a person I'm sure you and your listeners are probably aware of, Tim Bird, who's um, very big in the Facebook space. And a lot of people know him for, I guess, ad leaks and, and um, Facebook marketing and, and e-com. But he actually originally started in lead gen. So Tim had a contract with uh, Debt.org in the, in the, in the States, um, basically overseeing all their lead generation uh, activity for debt, debt leads, basically collecting leads for uh, whether it's social disability, whether it's, um, you know, uh, college debt, whatever it may be, all these kind of debt, debt um, campaigns, and we built the pages. So that's how we started. Tim was our kind of first ever client. He helped mold us into, I guess, the sort of perfectionist that we are. And so we started building up this kind of blueprint of what converts, what works on a landing page, because it's very different from a website, right? Like a, anyone, there's, there's millions of agencies in the world that can bang out a website and it looks aesthetically lovely. But what we do is we focus on that kind of geeky stuff and what makes things convert. And that's a long-winded answer, but eight years on, we're, um, we're, there's 12 of us here in the UK, we're about 40 uh, globally, and, and we do probably between, I would say, about 50 and 80 projects per month at the moment. Nice. Do you know, um, do you design the pages between you and Andy at all as well, or do you... As in me and Andy ourselves, do we do yeah, the work? Yeah. No, no, it's been a long time. Um, I, I, was, I was never trained in design, but I was more of a I would say more of a designer than Andy and Andy was more of a coder so Andy you've got real code. eye for it right you can say because that's I always oh, think that you can have people I, I, have I, real I, eye for design but can't design but they it doesn't stop them knowing what sort of works and what to apply I, I, th- I think for I think for ours it's a really cool question but I think for ours we, we have now what's known as our internally as our blueprint and hopefully we'll share some of these tips as we get into the, the kind of podcast but we have this checklist now that's kind of second nature to me. It's almost like my home address, you know, I just know it off the top of my head and like I can look at any page. And in fact, we do this. Like, I don't know if any of you, um, your listeners are in our, our Facebook community or YouTube, but we actually do sort of free audits whereby we look at pages and we can just point out instantly, right, this needs changing. This should be here. This Because it's, it's almost like our strap line on our community is that uh, web design is an art form, whereas landing page design is a science. And what that really means, what we're trying to say is that Web design, so you know anyone who has a brochure website or anyone just had, wants a website or presence online, 
that's almost like an art form because you, you get artists, you get amazing graphic designers who can do things way better than you know any of us can as aesthetically, and they look incredible. But conversion rate design or landing page design is a completely different ballgame. It's it really is a science. It's like if you put this, 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 this here then you are you are 100% more likely to convert than if you do you know a, an aesthetically nice looking uh, landing page or website so what we've really done is is focused on those principles um, but me and Andy have never been the designer or the coder yes Andy knows to how to code yes i have an eye for design and know where things should be laid out but we've always had a team we've always had teams around us and utilized and grown that team to like i say 40 people now um, where, whereby we kind of just train them. We have a very good training process now. We have the blueprint, we have videos where they go through when they join us. Um, and that's kind of, that. that's our skill set. It's like you say, it's pointing out, just just knowing from these principles exactly what and what isn't going to convert. Do you know on your audit, guy um, that we work with, Corey, got one of your landing pages, didn't know it was yours and banged it on the, um, do you know when people post you reply? I sent him a message and said, they designed that page. <laughs> okay. It was like, oh, right. But Andy replied to it and said, that page is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. To be honest, you know what? Like, I, I wouldn't even say that our work is always 100% perfect because the industry moves so quickly. Um, and there's always things that we're picking up. Because we see, we're 100% organic, so we don't do any paid media. You'll never see an ad. You might see a retargeting ad if you visit our website, but me and Andy don't know how to run ads. We don't know traffic. Um, we, we, we're, we're pissed up with a, we were pissed up at a mastermind in London about three years ago with Tim Bird, our friend, and he set off our retargeting campaigns up, and I don't think we've touched them since. So we, we don't do ads. Basically, everything we've done is organic. And, and the reason for that is, Every, everything we do has to convert. Otherwise, people don't come back or they don't refer us. So we are so on the sort of point of conversion principles whereby we get to see a lot of data. We do between 50 and 80 projects per month. So you imagine the data that comes back to us from that. And sometimes we will with our with our kind of, we have, we have a new service that's, our, we call it our premium service, but it's basically a CRO retainer. So for your listeners who don't know what that means, it's a conversion rate optimization retainer. So month to month, we're tweaking customers' pages to see what effect that will have on conversion rates. And sometimes with our customers that fully trust us, we'll just try stuff completely different. And you'd be amazed at like how stupid little things can, can really increase conversion rates. And I think that's why you know, we are constantly testing things and why even if we did do a landing page for you guys, there's probably things we could suggest that that was, that was maybe a year ago that would probably boost your conversion rates further now. Um, and it's just silly things, you know, like the, the the recent one that I can relate to, which was probably about two years ago now, which I, I still claim we we started in this space that I want to take claim for. And it's, it's nothing that I can be too proud of, but it's, it's just using emojis on buttons. And that sounds like such a stupid thing. But we just started implementing emojis on buttons and, you know, click through rates just went through the rope, especially on the e-com side and advertorial side, even on the lead gen side, especially with things like appointment bookings, just putting like a calendar emoji on the button stuff like that, a directional cue. So the pointing um, yellow finger, we still can't beat. It sounds mad and it's, it's a stupid thing for me to say, but we still can't beat it and it works. Yeah, I think the first time I ever saw it was uh, when you guys did it, definitely. I'm claiming it either way. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the thing I just want to come back to there because I think that's, it's very interesting. And you know, we've spoken to um, brilliant designers before. Yeah. Who, when you sort of implement some of these ideas and things might well, like, they have a real, I don't know, what I'm trying to say is, is 
a good designer isn't necessarily a good builder of landing pages. And sometimes it's like a conflict where brilliant designers just refuse to do stuff because it almost offends their design sensibilities. But do you, do you find that conflict a lot? Like, you know, people saying they just look how we want or the brand is not. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. I, I was actually just going to say we find it on the opposite. So, you know, our designers are trained by us. They're paid by us. So they kind of um, hopefully do, do what we instruct them to do because we get results. But you're absolutely right. We find it on the other side whereby clients are very married, not necessarily to brand, because I think you can still find a balance between brand and uh, conversion rates, um, but almost, um, you know, reluctant to do things. You know, they'll say, oh, we don't want that testimonial there. Oh, we, we don't want a title like that. Oh, an emoji on a button. Are you guys mad? Like, no, that's, that's oh. not what we want. And ultimately, you have to go with what the customer says, but we are very blunt. We, we, will, we will say to them, you know, okay, that's fine, but this is what we recommend, and this is how you'll get conversions. You know, the, the bottom line is everyone, you know, 99 out of 100 people are building a landing page or website to make more money. So if you choose to ignore our expertise and our instructions about how you can make more money then that's that's your that's your bad you know um so yeah there, there is sometimes a conflict and brands are a very key topic of that because like you say some people are very protective over their brand but um typically speaking you know our ideal client is the client that just goes you're very good at what you do go and do it you know just like people who use your software or use your services okay, you're very good at what you do. Just go and do it for me. And, and that's that's where we get the best results. Yeah, we find it a lot with some of the brands that we work with. Um, so we'll suggest, so let's say they're buying leads in from um, lead generators and we'll say yeah. you could actually run your own stuff and um, have the marketing department run it and build a landing page. But what yeah. they'll do is the with large brands, you've probably found this as well, they're always siloed between marketing and sales and they can never actually agree. So sales will go like, yeah, you do what you want, but because it's using brand, it then goes into marketing and they go, no, no, we're running this. I, th I think a problem as well with that kind of setup is everyone always has an opinion because they always yeah. want to be seen to be doing the job and making the right decision, right? So you've got the marketing guys who are going, we should do it this way. And then you've got the traffic guys going, you should be doing this way. And, and sometimes when they're not pulling in the right direction, yeah, we, we see the same. Mm. So typically with clients, is it, do you do bespoke builds for them per page or do you have like a set of templates that they pick from and, you know, what do you think are the advantages of maybe doing the bespoke side over the templates? Yeah, great question. I mean, our, our service is fully bespoke. So we have always been 100% bespoke. We've had, um, we've had a number of, uh, over the years, a lot of people and a lot of conversations, you know, why don't you sell templates? Why don't you build on page builders? Why don't you do this and that? And I'm never, ever going to argue against any of those things because I think they all serve a purpose in someone's journey, right? So I think page builders, I think templates, they're great. Proof of concept, great. But I personally believe in my experience and what we kind of um, strive for is that kind of whole bespoke option. So everything we do is, is we never utilize uh, the next landing page for the next client put it that way it's it's all bespoke we design develop and integration in those three stages so we take you through a design phase whereby it's fully bespoke for your brand whether it's lead gen ecom it doesn't matter um we will design in photoshop uh, back and forth until you're entirely happy once you've approved that design will then go into code um and there's you know a lot of people forget um 
forget how important the coding side of things is as well. You know, everyone sort of almost focuses on that design, but just code and, and, and how you code a page is, is just as if not more important than the design itself. Um, so we take it to code and then we'll integrate, um, you know, we've done integrations into your software, other software, you know, e-com side, we'll do Shopify, WordPress, whatever that may be. Um, but I still don't feel like you'll get um, as much freedom um, creatively and from a conversions perspective than a, a bespoke uh, coded page. What happened with, do you remember, I, I can't, was it called page source where you yes. had some software? Is that still something you push or is it? No, 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 no. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I think that was around, that's probably when we saw you guys at Performance Inn, wasn't it? Years ago in London. I think um, I had the license for it actually. I was sitting, trying yeah. to make my own page and I just, I can't decide. <laughs> Sorry, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we, we, we did, we went down the software route, I think back in 2015, 16. Um, we saw a gap in the market and, you know, I still believe it could be done but we, we basically built out a landing page builder for lead gen um so it's almost like a host and post uh lead gen page builder but the the trouble is we still we still couldn't get the conversion rates and we still couldn't get the flexibility i don't think you will ever you know webflow maybe uh are getting close because you're you're kind of almost like a, a visual coding design you know slash hybrid but i still don't think you'll ever be able to get the 100% flexibility to have any element anywhere on a page, you know, look great responsively, load super quickly without external scripts, without backends. And the trouble is we, we went down this road of building the software and, you know, it's, it was a huge lesson that myself and Andy learned because if we were ever doing software again, and I know you guys have software and, you know, there's, there's lots of people who have software, um, we wouldn't ever do this again. But we, we got into a cycle with it whereby we're almost second guessing our, ourselves every time. I don't know if you guys had the same, but like we didn't build what you would call an MVP. We didn't launch quick enough. We we kind of built something and then we would see someone else doing something. We're like, shit, we need that. Let's get that built. That was another month. Oh, you know, oh, you know, well, this guy mentioned this. Hey, let's get that built. And realistically, we learned from it and we sat back and we said, okay, if we ever do that again, what we need to do is just get something out there and then listen to our clients who will tell us because I guarantee it was the case because we did have it live for about a year. I guarantee we built features that none of our users used, none of our users even wanted, yet we were so fixated and delayed the launch and cost us more money because we were like, we have to have this shiny bell, right? Um, and I think really what we should have done is launched it and then just listened to people and kind of worked from that way. Um, I don't know if you guys have experienced similar. Yeah, I mean... Uh... Where it, the problem we have is when you go MVP, because effectively you make everything MVP, right? But your users, so it's, you're right, it's really good in one sense, and it's the way you need to launch things. But I would say 80% of my time, wake up in the morning and there's someone, there's an MVP thing that someone's using, and then there's like some problem with it. And so you're constantly yeah, yeah. firefighting at the same time. But Absolutely. Um, I saw a phrase recently that said, if you haven't got problems, you're not growing or something. That's the point. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that as well. Um, I just think, yeah, we, we will we will do some form of software again. I still I still feel like you you can't get those results with a builder yet. I, I think templates and builders, like I say, that they're great. And if you want me to go into detail, I will. But I feel like they serve a purpose. In, in you know, I get I get asked this quite a lot, and I almost think affordability for a consumer, perfect. Flexibility for a consumer, perfect. 
go and use those softwares, go and use those templates to prove that something works. If you can get something profitable or break even on a software and a template, then it's literally like money to us. Because if, if we hear that, we're like, shit, you know, we can take you from this to this. Like, we know we can do it because we can then build something. Thanks for listening to BC Lead Generation. Um, and that just comes down to serious lead generators. the full control over Be sure to hit subscribe to hear more from those the very cutting code. edge of we the can, lead generation. We can world. minify scripts. We can... We can take out the apps and the third parties. We can uh, we can go fully bespoke with layout. We can have things exactly where we want them. We can go fully responsive across not just tablet, mobile, desktop, but resolution, cross-browser compatibility. We can validate the code. We can get really clean code. Like all of these things that we know affects the conversion rate, especially when you're doing high volume traffic. And by that, I mean 100,000 plus hits per month to a landing page um, makes a huge bit of difference. We just launched... And if anyone wants to check this out, it's a completely free tool. Um, you don't even need to opt in or anything like that. But just go to landingpageguys.com and go to the footer. And we just launched this. Um, it's called our ROI calculator or conversion rate calculator. And honestly, like a case study of how powerful conversion rates are is incredible. So we, a, a, a quick example for you guys. Let's say, for example, you're doing 100,000 hits per month. So very realistic. A lot of your clients do. A lot of our clients do. Um, you're, you're pushing to a, let's take a, a lead gen campaign. So you're pushing to a solar offer or life insurance. It doesn't matter. Um, let's just say for argument's sake, your average, um, your average payout per conversion is say $20. So you're doing 100,000 clicks per month at $20 payout. Um, if you increase your conversion rate, if let's say, for example, your average conversion rate is say, I don't know, we tend to deal more on e-com side, but on, on, on the lead gen side, let's say your conversion rate is, I'm going to do this actually, if I can just, I'm going to pull up this, just this because otherwise I'll get like my maths wrong. Of maths, yeah, it goes. Yeah, my maths are going to go wrong. So I'm just going to input going this. Like, he's, got this he's, got, he's got his uh, equations all wrong there. Yeah, this, that's usually what I do. So I'm going to play it safe and actually do the maths on, on, on just the Just while, do, while you're doing the maths, there was something that we always find, and it's purely because I'm not a designer as well, right? But I think yeah. like you, I sometimes... I've got like an eye for knowing whether something looks good or not, but that's basically it. But I've always thought that if you're not a designer, you still make templates look bad anyway. Yeah, 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 definitely. And if you are a designer, you probably wouldn't use templates. You know, you'd, yeah. you'd code it. You'd go and design it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so it's kind of like a catch-22. Yeah. yeah, there's this middle ground where you're like, well, if you're not a designer, you are virtually always going to make it look bad. Um, yeah. So... Yeah. Let's, let's just run it. Let's run this quick calculator because this is yeah, fascinating. Yeah. So let, let's say, what, what would you guys say you typically see as a conversion rate on the lead gen side? Um, let's so, say it's life or insurance. Yeah, insurance. say 15%. Yeah, I, I was about to say about 14. Yeah. So and let's say 100,000 hits per month and the average payout for one of those campaigns. It's like 30 quid, say. 25 yeah. quid. Let's do, let's do $30. So if you're, if you're, and again, guys, go, go and challenge my logic, go to our site, look at the calculator. But if you're doing a um, 100,000 clicks per month, let's say, for example, and you're converting at 15% and a $30 payout, you're, you're basically, your number of conversions per month is 15,000 and you're generating around about 450,000 in revenue. This is US. Now, let's just say a very modest 0.5% increase in conversion rate we're not going to up any AOV because we've got an AOV increase in here. You're going to be seeing just from a 0.5 conversion rate increase, which is very doable. Anyone should be able to achieve that just by making some tweaks on your page. And hopefully I can give you some tips that anyone can do this now. Just from a 
step up, you're going to see an additional from the same amount of traffic, an additional $15,000 per month in revenue, just uh, from increasing, increasing your conversion rate. Another because this is what it always comes back to. So you might not want to do this, but ballpark figure, how much does it cost for you to design, say, a life insurance page? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that. Because point, point three of our conversion rate calculator, you can actually put in how much you paid, for example, us or a developer or for a software yeah. um, uh, to, to do your landing page. And then you'll see what your return on investment is. So for typically speaking for, let's say, like a, a multi-step lead gen page, uh, we'd look to charge around about 1800 US. So if you're in the UK, you're looking at around about 1400, 1500 yeah. quid uh, plus that. Um, so if you were to pay us a 1800 quid, and if we just increase your conversion rate by 0.5%, so an additional 15,000 US dollars per month in revenue, you would see a return on investment in month one of 700%. It's, and this is what, you know, when people always say, I had a guy the other day, um, I'm sure you might listen to this, so uh, sorry, you know, you are if I uh, mention it. It was like, oh, you know, I don't want to spend this extra 100 quid to get X, Y, and Z. And I was like, Crazy. how much are you making a month? You went about 20 grand. We've all been to like, you know, we've been at shows together. We've been at all different shows around the world. And, you know, I've talked at a lot of shows and, Every, I would say nine out of 10 talks, and you guys hopefully will back me up, are about traffic. They're about how can I increase my traffic? How can I scale? How can I get more ad accounts? How can I not get banned? How can I do this? And, and this is part of why we give away so much free, free money because I feel free, free money, free knowledge and, and videos is because I feel like my job and my responsibility is, is basically to educate people on why conversion rates are so important. And this is why it's so powerful. Like you just said, you've got a guy who's making 20K a month and he's reluctant to spend two grand on a landing page that in the first month will 700X is, is a return on investment. Yeah. In, in month six, I hate to see, I'm not pulling up my calculator again, but I hate to see, you know, that, and, and they would happily go and spend more on scaling their traffic. But what if you could make dramatically, what if you could make, if, if I said to someone now on this podcast, you're going to make an additional 15K next month from exactly the same amount of traffic. And all you have to give, do is give me 2K. They would do it instantly. And bear in mind, that would probably be profit as well, because all you're doing is yeah. increasing their already paid for traffic. And it, it's kind of like a knock-on effect as well, because then you can probably afford to spend more traffic. You get cheaper CPMs. You get in better positions in the algorithm. Like it, it's, it's a full circle. You probably can then um acquire well not acquire you can probably negotiate better payment terms from your leads like it's kind of a knock-on effect but that's that's what i uh feel responsible for in our company now is, is showing people that how effective and how important just a tiny increase in conversion rates is when you get to that amount of traffic and i think what you just mentioned as well is important i heard something you said the other day or you might have said it a couple of weeks ago and i just heard it the other day which was um it's not just to do generate also helps retention yeah. it helps customer success there's more belief in the sort of product and the service via the page they're coming from absolutely yeah i think it's full circle um i would say even more so in 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 econ than lead gem just because on the econ side you have repeat business yeah. um if you can if you can up that lifetime value of a customer then it's you know your quids in you know that th there's also a, a higher multiple on your asset as a, as a business owner, if you can get people repeat purchasing. 
Um, so I think on econ even more so, but you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, the, the, the value of that lead is, is worth more. But if you get sort of, um, so what we push quite a lot of is that for lead generators to become their own brands and by that, I mean, like they work in multiple verticals and they, because you're the shop face that the um, prospect's interacting with, not the brand that's necessarily buying the lead. And all those brands are really bad at remarketing to the leads for the reasons we spoke about, because marketing and sales are siloed. So Mm -hmm. it creates this massive opportunity for them. And that's the thing, if you have this sort of consistency with the landing pages via all the different verticals that you're running and there's this trust that's built and your conversion rates are massive 100%. and that you can start cross-selling between them. Um, if, if I was, if I personally was was starting in lead gen and, and I was in different verticals, like you say, so I offered life insurance, funeral cover, whatever, I would a thousand percent be building this, you know, this home, this brand, this hub for all those verticals. Because like you say, you then have that cross uh, that crossplay, you know, you can almost email out and say, okay, amazing, you just got uh, your funeral. I know, obviously, you have to be compliant with GDPR and stuff, but there's ways of doing it. But just building that recognition that then someone then might see a funeral cover with your similar logo and branding. Oh, I trust in them. I did it. Uh, you know, I did it last time. And I think, I think that's why, like, even if you're selling leads, um, I think like host and post is so important, right? It's still, you know, we we've. We have worked a hell of a lot in the lead gen space, and I think that's that's what Tim always used to say. You know, like th- there was companies that he were working for, and we've worked with huge, huge players in econ- uh, in lead gen and huge affiliates in lead gen, and they were still running the offer owners, you know, essentially landing pages, and they weren't hosting posting, and they didn't ask that question. They didn't know they could. Like a lot of people will go onto a an affiliate network and, and grab a solar offer or grab a life insurance, whatever it may be, and think, okay, well, this is our landing page. This is what we've got to use. And, and essentially, sometimes those pages can be completely outdated, can be old, uh, not following conversion principles. Um, and, you know, you're, you're suffering for that. Your, your conversion rates are suffering. So if people don't know and they're listening to this, just go and, go and approach your affiliate managers or account managers or the owners of the office and say, look, is their host and post available? And what host and post basically means is that you host the form, you host the the the, the actual bit that the magic happens, you know, the bit that you submit to the, the buyer, but you host it on your own page. So you design your own page, your own brand, you can build something up um, and that's going to convert way, way better. Yeah, it's um, like, say it comes back to that conversion calculation where, you know, if, if you're then submitting other offers via um, the relationship you own with your prospects, like an email or something, you're hitting that extra 0.5 conversion. That's all 100% pure profit. Right. But it's uh, you sort of start to understand the importance of the design and the conversion rates from that. Definitely, 100%. So just um, one thing I want to come back to, which you said there, and um, when it, how do you sort of measure the success in, in Legion? Is it just leads that are converted on that page? You know, because if you're getting loads of leads through, you're sort of thinking, We've done our job here, we've made a great page, but do you actually sort of see whether they convert afterwards and like the nurturing side of it? Do you look at that? At yeah, lead quality is very important, but there's a lot of stuff that we can do on the page to to improve your lead quality because there's zero point selling, uh, sending leads to a buyer, for example, if a buyer is just going to reject 90% of them, right? Because if the quality is not good enough. Um, we always we always recommend as well that that lead buyers look into uh, sorry well lead generation affiliates or whatever you want to call them traffic buyers media buyers they look into a kind of ping post system as well so that you're selling to multiple buyers based on quality of that lead um, 
But yeah, I think there's a lot that we can do as landing page builders on the front end uh, to ensure that the quality of a lead is is better than it, you know, than just a quick form fill and bang. There's no validation. There's no uh, pre-qualification. There's no if conditional um, on the front end, and that's going to affect your your kind of back end quality. So we don't we don't necessarily our our kind of our kind of remit is is that 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 conversion that that form fill or whatever it may be um what happens beyond that is nothing to do with us because it goes off to the buyer but what we can do as as well as media buyers and as uh, as landing page builders is make sure that that quality of lead is pre-qualified you know the um i'm just thinking for um some use of data ball so we try not to talk about data ball but can you um extract the code that you build the landing page on and someone else host it we we don't host any pages. Okay, cool. So yeah, you could so, host so we, pages you design and um, yeah, absolutely. So so we, we don't host pages. Um, we we build and then we'll store, we'll integrate and then install on your server or whatever you may use. You know, we we've done data bowl integrations on the ecom side, Shopify, WordPress. It doesn't matter. You know, we'll go custom sticky.io, connective CRM. It doesn't matter. We we can integrate anything and then we'll hand. The, the code over to you for your development team to install or we install it on your servers for you so yeah i think as far as that side um that's when again things can go wrong because people are are, are maybe paying for poor hosting they're on a, a, a kind of shared hosting account or um you haven't uh you know you haven't optimized that code and that's what we'll do and i think that's another a great kind of caveat is that people tend to forget that load speed is so important. Again, I'm not talking about a thousand hits a month. I'm talking about 10,000, 100,000 plus when you're making real money and it really matters, that 0.5% matters. And by the way, 0.5% is very achievable. You know, two, 3% is, is, is obviously life-changing, game-changing, but that's doable. But that's where you have to get really geeky on everything. It's, it's making sure that your code is fully optimized, you know, W3C validated, it's cross-browser compatible, so you're checking it on all different browsers to make sure it formats, especially in the lead gen space. I think a lot of lead gen pages are dated. A lot of a lot of the pages are, are, are kind of very old school. They haven't changed from the, the kind of, you know, five, 10 years ago, and they're poorly coded. And it just means that they don't render very well on different devices and different browsers. And, and I purely say this from a, a personal experience that when we have leads as a business, then people come to us and they say, oh, we're currently using this page. You know, a lot of them do look dated. I think, I think things like your kind of solar and refinance mortgage pages are, are typically quite good because they're, they're, uh, they're kind of more of the multi-step, which tends to convert better when you've got a longer a longer process of of, a, of of kind of acquiring that consumer but things like your life insurance and funeral covers i think they're still very dated and, and people are there's still pages that i saw 10 years ago in circulation um and and yeah i think that's when it's very important to optimize your server optimize your code for load speed because that's there's, there's there's a real uh, you put a page that loads five seconds plus versus a page that loads in under two seconds, then that one under two seconds is going to convert probably twice the amount of that. And, and it's, 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 it's amazing how things like that really affect the, the conversion rate as well. Yeah, well, we found a lot of landing pages. Everyone just copies each other. So you end up with, um, it's funny actually, we did a, a podcast with Pep Lyo. He's like a, CR, you've probably heard of him, CRO. I haven't, but. Expert, yeah, okay. check him out. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, he always calls it vanilla. So he says everyone's like, everything everyone does is really vanilla. And you find it in Legion, exactly like you said, because there's no sort of difference. Everyone's got the same messaging, the same designs, the same mm. positioning, everything. And the ones that um, are different sort of stand out and they start to make yeah. an impact immediately. Uh, I, I, whenever I think of Legion, I think I, the, the, the company that I've personally really liked and thought was... Um, quite innovative in how they kind of did stuff was um is it tom is it tom insurance i i, you know, I put a thing on linkedin saying the exact same thing yeah the i just like, think they were very clever with how you know exactly what you just said they, they didn't go vanilla they, they have all these kind of caricatures and these artistic impressions and they still have the conversion principles but they had an angle they had something that was a bit different and i think they really i think it was um it was for dads wasn't it for fathers i think they kind of really yeah. went on the, the male kind of male fathers we will be your you know, we're sticking up for you. We're your guys. Um, and I think that kind of thing is very clever. And you see it a lot on the e-com side. But like you said, lead gen tends to be very generic, very vanilla, very plain, very boring, very old school. And I think sometimes you just need to shake it up. Um, and I think it will pay dividends those who do. We tend to try to. Um, we, we do a lot of um, solar, a lot of refinance, mortgage. And and we do. And this is, you know, this is a, another point. But those kind of multi-step um almost we kind of see it as a gamification kind of thing you know get because lead gen's boring lead gen's so boring you know on, on e-com you're excited to be filling out a form because you're buying something that you really desire that intent is so much better on, on lead gen you're, you're filling something in for something that you really don't want to buy but you know that you should have Do you know what i mean like everyone yeah, knows they should it, have life insurance right but who yeah. wants to spend a half an hour filling out a life insurance form. You're not excited about doing it. It's a really um, good point. I've never thought of it like that. Yeah. So, it's, so the more really you can gamify it and the more you can get people interacting with your page, with that's why you'll typically see on life, on solar, uh, on remortgage refinance, on anything that is more than a couple of steps, more than a couple of fields, you know, name, email. No, anything that requires more data, long form's dead. Uh, you know, you might want to try a two-step, but your multi-step is going to work way, way better where you can just get people interacting and use fun things, use call-outs, use a bit of quirky copy, use a, a bit of a, 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 an artistic graphic on the buttons, you use emojis, you know, do something a bit different. And I think anyone who's listening to this, go check out, uh, I think it's tom.co.uk because they they have a, a really cool angle. Yeah, yeah we had... Um... Yeah, Alan Desmere from Contact State, um, the, the one before. And yeah, I think he, he was responsible for the Tom stuff, wasn't he? Oh, wow. Brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah well, he was working. There was a designer that was there who just came up with the concept over a weekend, apparently. I think they've got a female version now as well. And they're, they're, Polly, yeah, Polly, yeah. Polly, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. They're, um, it's just unique. It's just really unique. I mean, we're talking about it, you know? It just gets you talking about it. That's the fine the visitors boring. they've got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I think they're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, like Simon said, we try not to. Um, we try to avoid talking about data ball on this show. We try to. Come on, let's talk purely, about it. Let's pick it purely, up. Um, purely, you no, know, we, 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 we don't allow it to all of us. We, we, yeah, we, <laughs> we, we, we don't want. It's to, a great bit of kit. You should be proud of it. <laughs> but, um, but you know, we never we don't want to be sales tool. But the one yeah. thing you said that I, it's kind of I suddenly stood to lead into a question. Is we we've been thinking about like our ideal customers and things like that. And the thing one thing we've kind of realised recently is we call them like pro lead generators, you know, and um, we've kind of realized that it's maybe not the sort of the lower end of people who get the most out of it. It's a sort of the more established lead generators who get the most out of the system. And just people listen, do you, do you think that 
you guys might be similar in terms of audience that you have to be kind of quite a, a pro lead generator to want to work with you guys we, we we had similar probably talks to what you guys have had um probably about six months ago we we've um we've been in business eight years and i would say two years ago i, I almost two years ago we were calling ourselves a startup and that's a bit weird but me and Andy sat down and we, for the first six years, me and Andy did everything. You know, we didn't design and code, but we managed every project. I sold every page. Uh, we, 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 it was me and him who, you know, we didn't sleep for six years, basically. Um, but the, 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 we then sat down and we said, look, do we want to start taking this seriously and, and scale up? And that's when we started building our internal team here in the UK, scaled up. Um, and we've literally like 6x since two years ago. But the, the point that I'm making is we everything the reason i'm saying that is that everything for us was all based on um numbers we were just trying to get as many people in as many pages as we can as much results as we can and that's great to start with to build a business and get revenue and get yourself known but i think you then become almost like a master in your craft whereby and i, I always talk about levels i think levels are really important in life but also in in any business and I, I say to everyone now, like, I feel like we're on a level and you have to be on a level to not necessarily, not necessarily in a big headed way, not to work with us. We don't think we're this amazing. I do think we're an amazing company, but I don't think we're this like, uh, you know, godlike company where you have to be on this certain level, but you have to be on a certain level to know how important this stuff is. And you have to understand it because you know, like like Simon was saying earlier, no disrespect to this guy if he's listening, but this guy who's making 20k a month and thinks that two grand is expensive for a landing page is not yet on our level, whereby he knows the importance and if he gets this right, how how important this is for him. And I think that's that's the kind of people we want to work with. That no matter what happens, we will get to a stage where we're beating their conversion rate because they just know they're on that level that they know it's already a thing they should be doing. Anyone who you, not force, because that's the wrong word, but anyone you have to work hard for, for their business is probably not the right person for your business because you know, and you guys will probably nod your head and, and look at me when I say this, but the person you have to work hardest for to make a sale is probably the person who's going to give you the most shit as a business. Like, it's always the case. The guy, the guy who's arguing over 200 quid is the guy that is ringing you 20 times a day. Where's my design? Where's this? You know, this, this, this. Because they're not on that level. They don't understand yet. So I just think, you know, I'm, I hate, I wouldn't, I, my worst nightmare would be come across arrogant or big headed. I don't believe that. But I do believe that you have to be established and have an understanding of how important this is to, to, to work with us. Yeah, we're exactly the same. It's funny you mention it because. Uh, I was talking with James that we worked with the other day and he was like, I, I still see us, because I do as well, right? I, it's as if you're probably the same. I feel like we're only two years old and I think data mm. will have been trading for probably five or six years now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think what happened with us is we, you get so excited about having something that you basically give it to anyone that ever like suggests that they want it. Yeah. Then for software, as you'll know, what happens is just churn. It kills you because um, for every person that churns, they end up complaining to five other people as well. And, and you then don't have the time to work out what and fix why they're complaining because you're yeah. constantly in that flow of, oh, you know, and, and we had it with processes. You know, we had, to, we had to redo everything internally, new training, new processes, new CRM, new setup. Um, and we're still working on it. We haven't perfected it, definitely not, but we're still working on it day to day. Um, 
and we put the right people in the right place. You know, we promoted, we've got head of projects now, head of sales, our proper teams, but that wasn't always the case. And we, we fell into that trap, you know, like you guys. And that's why we sat down two years ago and we were like, look, we have to stop this. Like we might have to pull back for a couple of months. We, we, we even did it recently where we, we had this kind of, um, this realization internally and we called it our scale back to scale up. And, and, and it was basically around what we've just been discussing. How do we stop working with the people who aren't on that level and just want everything for nothing and start working with our select people who know exactly how important this is and have the patience for us to, to do what we do and get them results. Um, and so far it's working out really well. Is that, is that what prompted your shift more into e-com then? Or was that sort of happening anyway? Or? No, that was 100% organic. Um, we, we don't, we don't not do lead gen. We don't not do e-com. We do both. Um, I would say we're now primarily e-com. I would say it's probably about 70, 30 now where it used to be 90, 10 lead gen. Mm. Um, but this was, you know, this was eight years ago when e-com wasn't really a thing, you know, it didn't really exist in the way it exists now. Then you had that kind of transition phase where econ was very much, it wasn't even econ, but it was very much your, uh, your kind of four-step sales funnels, you know, your, your Garcinia, your, uh, Keto Berries, your Akai Berry, you know, all these kind of, um, free plus shipping models or all these kind of, um, uh, trial, you know, where you think you're selling, signing up for a straight sale, and all of a sudden you get rebuild and rebuild, and there was that phase in the econ, well, not even econ, but in the in the kind of sales side of things, where we we did a lot, we we built a lot of funnels, and then it just everything goes in cycles, right? On the econ side, I know we're more talking about lead gen, but on the econ side, everyone, a lot of consumers and, and a lot of people got burnt from that whole kind of trial space, and the FTC cracked down, and you know, people were getting put in jail, rightly so, because um, they were scamming people. And everything then became about brand and authenticity. And that's all we preach now on both sides is like, there was a time whereby even on lead gen, you know, you were doing these kind of scammy advertorials or pre-sales or, you know, flashing bells and whistles or exit pops or, you know, all these kind of things that now compliance would, would would throw the hammer at you, but you could get away with it. And I think there's a generation of people who who kind of saw all that stuff, fell for it the first time, but wouldn't fall for it again. And we're now in that second or third cycle whereby everything is more about trust and compliance and authenticity and doing things the right way. And I'm thankfully glad of it because we would never build any of these kind of scammy stuff. Yeah, I think in sort of every walk of life, power is going back to the people a bit isn't it and so it's almost like that with lead generation i always think it's it's becoming you know everyone always talks about like the transparency needed between a lead generator for example and the client but i think it's getting to the point where the transparency is needed for the um, consumer as well so it's you know why are you collecting my data and yeah like hidden co-sponsor stuff that people have been getting away with for years i mean you can see that stuff going it still happens but you start thinking like what's the point I remember because um, because I obviously had the affiliate community as well, and I'm not going to call out names. Um, <laughs> you get an exclusive here, and this, this person gets sent to jail. But I remember a very <laughs> well known, and and I've only mentioned one person on this podcast, and it was not Tim Bird, put it that way. But I remember a very well known person in the space, and they used to have, he showed me the software once. This was probably about five six years ago, and you guys might remember it. I've seen it. I think it was called something like Ghost CPA. Do you remember anyone seen it? 
And basically what it was, it was, uh, it was uh, this is potentially as you're using it, like, oh, yeah, just shut my browser down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you seen the latest version? Um, what it was, was it was, uh, it was basically a script that you put on your host and post page that interjected on the back and would basically send it out to multiple networks. So let's say like three different affiliate networks had a solo offer that asked for the same form fields. You could interject, I think it was called Ghost CPA or something like this. You could interject this script that would essentially sell the lead to like five different networks at the right. same time. And this was before like fraud, proper fraud protection yeah. or validation on, on, on the back end of the networks or the lead distribution softwares. Like it was way before all that. So people were getting away with sort of selling one lead for $50 six times over. And, uh, you know, the lead quality was obviously awful. And I think this is why things like, lead quality scores and you know everything come comes into play but yeah there's, there's been some scammy stuff on both sides not just the e-com space so what's um but do you know the guy who started that then you mean or i don't know the guy who started the software i just know someone who used it and showed me once and i was right. like oh yeah, my yeah. god yeah i'll run i'll run a mile because it always catches up I, i'm a big believer in karma and i think anything like that is um is going to yeah. catch up to you one day in one way or another 100 it's like you said with um landing pages you know there isn't like a, a final iteration of what makes it you've just constantly evolving same with you know we're, we're like with the fraud stuff where people are always doing new things and you have to constantly keep updating to measure it it's just, yeah exactly the same yeah yeah um so just to kind of bring things back around and like you know we do try and as much as we can offer value to people listening some practical tips so just to kind of end things um is it is it possible to sort of maybe just get what you think are kind of some of your favorite or just most yeah. recent sort of tips just for people listening who they can apply to make the landing page better and sort of wrap up with that absolutely and this is this is always the favorite part of any talk or anything i do because i, I love giving value and i know that sounds really kind of cheesy and cliche but it's really true in what i do because these tips can be implemented by anyone like i'm not saying come and use landing page guys i'm not saying use us you don't have to at all to do these tips this is why i like sharing this because anyone who's listening could go oh do you know what i could do that on my page and i guarantee you like it will help move that needle and if you can get to that 0.5 percent or that one percent or two percent um it's, it's a really really big game changer so i'll just run through a load and and please stop me interject me ask me questions because i can talk about this stuff for flipping ever um i know we've only got 10 minutes or something but um yeah, so I think we touched on one that a lot of people forget about, uh, and we've touched on it briefly, but I'll quickly mention it again, is load speed. So if you want to check your load speed of your landing page, and again, by the way, if you're using a third-party landing page for lead gen, as in an affiliate networks or an offer owners, have a conversation with them. See if you can build your own because you have no control over that page. Uh, so I think host and post is a great solution or you know, utilizing something like Datable to integrate into it is a great solution. Um, but load speed is, is crucial. So the, the quicker you can get your page loading, uh, the more it will convert. Um, how do you check that? There's a free tool. Just go to tools.pingdom.com. GT metrics exist. Google page speed insights exist, but Pingdom is probably the most accurate. And you can also put your location as far as where your most traffic comes from, US, UK, whatever. So tools.pingdom.com. If you went to pingdom.com, you wouldn't find it. They kind of hide it a little bit. So tools.pingdom.com. You input your URL run the test and it will spit out how quickly or slowly your landing page loads um for lead gen you want something really quick so anything kind of below three three or two seconds is, is good anything above four or five it's too slow um a, a very easy fix for that and again this is why i said hopefully give actionable tips that anyone can do anyone can do this 
go onto your landing page. If you've got images and videos, download them, compress them, which just basically means Googling how to compress or free image compression. And I know some people don't even know this, but free image compression, upload them. It basically strips out all the stuff, gives you a, a light, lighter file, re-upload re it to your website and it will load quicker. Um, but you can also take that report and take it to a developer. Just use something like upwork.com, find a page speed expert, to speed up your pages. That's gonna, um, that's gonna really increase your conversion. One thing on lead gen is that again, we touched on, but I think I wanna touch on it better because of the importance of this is making sure that you have the right page for the right offer. So anything that inquires, requires more than name, email, phone, uh, kind of personal details, anything that requires more like, you know, do you smoke? Do you have a history of this? You know, if it's refinance, you know, how much money do you need to borrow? Anything that's more than, you know, a couple of questions. Uh, I would strongly advise using a multi-step and anyone who's listening to this who doesn't know what that means, it just means it's a multi, it's, it's a, a couple of steps in the process. So it's a yes, no, onto the next step. You know, are you male, female, male, onto the next step. When were you born? Put in your date of birth, onto the next step. Because it's all about just getting someone to interact that first time and then they'll go through that process. If you're using multi-step, be very, very clear um, with where that consumer is in the journey. That the one of the biggest mistakes we see is people using multi-step without the steps along the top. So hopefully you'll get a visual of this, but always have the step that you're on along the top. So if say, for example, your multi-step is eight pages long, so eight different steps, have one of eight along the top. If you're on page four, it should say four of eight. Because what happens if, if people don't have that and they keep clicking next and they get another flipping step, they don't know when the end is, so they'll likely drop off. Uh, make just, sure you're just quick, yeah, quick on this. Do you um do you have a preference for the sort of questions that are asked first? So do you go non-personal details easiest, first? Yeah. yeah. Go easiest first. So always get them in with a male, female, or a, you know, a, a, just a very unpersonal, you know, don't don't lead with uh it depends. It depends if you're positioning your page. Like let's say, for example, solar, that's a different game because with solar, I would test um see if you qualify for a good solar rate and then you have your zip code or your pin code as the step one because that gives you a great way of then then going oh we can see you're in this area you do qualify um but with anything like a kind of personal insurance claim or funeral claim um i would always go with male female or you know something that's just simple to get them into that flow um, but then be very clear, like I said, to, to where they are. Personalization is huge in lead gen. So if you can call out their name, so let's say step one or step two is like, what's your name? Call it out later in the funnel. So great news, Jeff, you're, you're almost done. That kind of thing works really, really well on, on kind of the internal steps as headlines. Um, but, but moving back to, to kind of key principles, if, if uh, we, we always talk about above the fold, you've, it's, it's, it's basically you've got um, between two and three seconds to get your above the fold or your value proposition across above the fold uh, to capture a consumer. If they, don't, if they don't know exactly what you do within two to three seconds, they're gonna leave your page, they're more likely to leave your page. So having essential elements above the fold is really important. What are those essential elements? A, a, a very clear headline, a benefit-driven headline. So we'll go into copy next, but a benefit-driven headline, a supporting subheadline, which I'll talk about in a minute, bullet points. So never ever use big paragraphs of text, okay? People don't read it, they hate it. Bullet points, hard-hitting bullet points work so much, so much better. So you've got a headline, subheadline, bullet points that are all benefit-driven, and I'll go into copy shortly. 
make sure you have a testimonial. So if you are looking at your landing page now and you don't have four, 4.5 out of five stars and a physical, you know, and a, and a written testimonial above the fold, you are losing money. Your page isn't going to convert as well. Um, so social proof is, cute, is huge. Trust is huge, especially in lead gen. So anything you can do on your page to instill trust is massive. So above the fold again, have, it sounds stupid, but have your like um, antivirus logos, have on your forms uh, a very clear statement that says we will not sell or share any of your data. Have a, a, um, a, a kind of a, a lock sign that says this form is 100% is secure. Anything that instills that trust is huge. If you've been featured or work with other brands, let's say you're, let's say you're doing life insurance and you actually sell your leads to some of the huge life insurance companies um, in the space, have their logos on your page above the fold that says we work with these brands because what happens subconsciously is if I'm coming on as a cold, cold from cold traffic and I come onto your page as a user and I see those logos that I recognize and that I trust, I now instill trust in your brand and in your product. It does, it does, it's not something that logically happens. You don't walk through it in your head and go, oh, I, I recognize that brand. I trust that brand. I'm, it doesn't happen like that, but it subconsciously it happens. It's all about that science uh, that we keep banging on about. Um, when it comes to that copy, uh, I said before, benefit driven. So benefits before features. Everyone is a business owner. And we, you know, talking to Simon, going back to that software conversation, when we launched PaySource, I remember it's hilarious. Um, I wrote the copy for our landing page for the software and I, I gave it to Andy and I was like, because I'm always kind of more of the visual side, the design and the copy and these very um, back end process and really intelligent on that. And I, I said to Andy, look at this, look at this page. You know, I'm really proud of it. What do you think? And he was like, you, you do realize you've just gone against everything that we stand for and everything you always say on these interviews. And I was like, did, did I? And, and the reason for that is, everyone as a business owner product owner whatever even if you just own your own lead gen company and you, you have your pages you always want to talk about features everything's about features you're all you're all kind of shiny bells and whistles we built this feature our, our software does this better than this company feature 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 and that's all i did on this copy i just wrote like all our features and, and i was like so proud of all these features that we had and really your consumer doesn't give a shit about features. What they really care about is the benefit of, of using your software, your service, your lead gen, uh, your lead gen service for them. What is this ultimately going to do for them? What's the end goal? So when it comes to that copy, that headline, that subheadline, it has to be benefit driven. So very, very cliche, very cheesy, but features tell, benefits sell. So lead with that benefit. If it's life insurance, um, I'll, I'll give you an example of this. And this is something that I, I did a talk in Barcelona last year. And I, sh I remember sharing this screen, this slide, and it's one of my favorite visuals ever. And even if you're just listening to this and not watching the vi video, you'll get it. There's, there's two ads, okay? So you've got ad A and ad B, exactly the same visual ad, okay? And you might have heard of this, but they, they're both uh, advertising an iPhone. So you've got this hand in both ads with an iPhone, okay? The brand new iPhone. And Ad A and Ad B look exactly the same. They've got the same hand, same iPhone. They've got a headline above each one. And on Ad A, the headline says, the all new super zoom treble megapixel camera. Okay, so it's so feature heavy. And Ad B just says, take pictures of your family that will last for a lifetime. And that Ad B converts about 10 times better than Ad A because it talks about that visual, that end goal, that benefit to the consumer. So if you can do the same on your lead gen pages, 
people don't give a shit that you're you know they, you know things like trust for number one rated solar company in the uk is great but ultimately all they want to do is probably save time and money using your service so that's what you need to tell them that's the benefit driven um and these things can be, can be uh, really, really really important do you want any more yeah, just quickly on that, because we're working on a new website. <laughs> Do you think the same principle applies to websites as well? If that's a direct response message. Yeah. I, I, again, I think I'm going to be like really rude here, but ultimately you want to make more money from your website. So it comes back to that conversation whereby do you want it to look nice or do you want it to convert? And like we are, we, we, we try and find a, a middle ground and you can definitely do both, but ultimately that benefit driven content you know if, if you if you're you know data bowl is a service or a software however you want to look at it um you you're you ultimately as a as a product owner be be really proud of all the features and everything you have in your arsenal but me as a consumer all i really care about is how you're going to save me time and money mm. so focus on that. that that's all i really care why would i use your software if you didn't save me time and money yeah. That that's the end goal of any software really online. It is to is to save time, to save money, to be more efficient. What are those goals? Um, and I think that's really important. Another couple of ones um, before we before we wrap this up. Um, things like if conditional, things like uh, front end validation are really really important on lead gen. So making sure that you validate that data for lead quality. Make sure that you if someone doesn't meet your lead quality, you send them down another path. Um, you know, you, you say, ah, sorry, you didn't qualify for us. You know, there's no point sending that to a lead buyer if they're not, if they're going to reject it. Or you can do something like uh, have like a ping tree whereby you have multiple buyers that buy for different reasons. So you have your A buyer who pays the most amount for all the data, but then you have someone who's happy to take like a partial data if they don't fill in something else or if they don't qualify and send them off for that. So you can get quite clever with generating additional revenue, sending away your, your not so good leads. Um, and yeah, I, th I think I think these are the kind of the most important things. Emojis on buttons work. Uh, it, it's it's sad to say, but they do because people relate to them. Um, make sure your mo mobile versions are watertight. Uh, mobile. I don't believe in having a separate version for mobile, but I do believe in optimizing for mobile. Just getting those crucial elements above the fold. That social proof with the five stars. Um, by the way, four point five or four point eight converts better than five out of five because five is, out of five is unrealistic. People. Uh, think that 4.5 out of 5 is more realistic. Uh, making sure your call to actions above the, the fold on mobile. Um, that's where multi-step works so good on mobile because it's just a, a kind of thumb, yes, no, yes, no, you can fire through it. If you have a longer, longer form page, pin a, pin a button to the, to, the, to the scroll on mobile. And then last one for you, which a lot of people don't do, and I think it's really powerful, is include an FAQ. So we follow the ADA principle. So attention, interest, desire, action. I'm not going to do it justice on this podcast. Just go and Google it. But all our pages are laid out to the ADA principle. And basically below that desire section where you show all your social proof, case studies, testimonials, and above the action section at the bottom, we always interject a FAQ. And the reason for that is you're, you're trying to give constantly, the whole point of a landing page is give people reasons not to leave this page. Now, if you any of you guys or myself or Andy, whoever went on a, a completely random lead gen page or completely random econ page, there would be, again, maybe subconsciously, but maybe in the back of our head, always would be questions that we would want to ask if we could just speak to someone about the product we're about to buy or about the form we're about to fill in. So 
what I advise people do, even on the lead gen side, is send your landing page to like 10 of your mates or 10 random people and say, look, when the world's back to normal, I'll buy your pint if you can just send me back questions about this service. And I guarantee out of those 10 people, if they send back five questions, you'll probably have two or three that will repeat themselves per person. And those are like your most uh, interesting questions because those are the questions that people are going to not convert for. They're the ones that they're gonna have in the back of their head and go, oh, well, is there a number to call? Or oh, I can't be bothered, I'll do, it. I'll do it next week. But you know, I, because I don't know that answer, I'll do it next week. So give people what they're looking for in that FAQ and it really, really does help your conversion rates. That's brilliant, yeah. It's, um, I mean, I've some, seen some of the pages you guys have designed and they're always spot on. And it, it makes me laugh because I'm part of your Facebook group. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know that people, um, implement some of the stuff and some people get it really right right and some of them get it really wrong so you see them feel like how have you got this so wrong <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it is nice I, I i love that's why i really get a kick out of doing these because I, like i always say you don't you don't have to hire us like all those things i've just told you if, if you're like me and i'm being very honest if you're like me and you're lazy and i'm, I'm more of a i tell people what to do i don't do it myself then come and use us because we will get it right for you. But if you're someone who just takes act, who takes action and can do it yourself, just go and do it. Like do everything I've just said, and I guarantee you will see an increase in conversion rates. And if I make you that 15,000 uh, 15, extra per month, then I don't know, buy me a pint when you next see me, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, um, yeah, that was amazing. Buy a pint and so, um... a glass of Prosecco. <laughs> that's, that's my drink of choice. There was um, so much value in that, Oliver. And, um, what I'll do is I'll actually, I'll try and transcribe that and put it into, uh, so I'll ask us and I can send you the link to it because I just think Amazing. there's too much there to listen to on a podcast. You, can, you, want, you want to go back. <laughs> I can talk We'll put some of the URLs in like the ping, tools.pingdom, maybe not the Go, uh, the Go affiliate. The Go CPA or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'll send you the link to that so you can you can uh, yeah if anyone you want to share it because there's loads yeah, we'll of value. Um, yeah. I want everyone to uh, to get all of that. Um, yeah, just it was very interesting. I think one thing the sort of almost human psychology behind it is fascinating. You know, it is like, like you say it's scientific, it's art, it's just sort of a, a psychological aspect that is very interesting. And I think above all else, though, um, one thing we talk about all the time on the show and in the way we do is just like transparency in lead generation and it's something that's very important to us. And, for you to come and tell us these things is almost like the ultimate form of transparency. You're not hiding it. You're not saying, come and pay me to do it. You're, you're saying what it is. I think that is absolutely brilliant. Um, I think that's a nice way to wrap up the show, but thank you so much for uh, joining us. And I'm confident everyone listening will have learned absolutely loads. So we really appreciate it. Yeah. Good lads. I've really enjoyed it. It's just been, um, yeah, it's been nice to chat. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, Oliver. Speak soon. No worries. Thank Cheers. you, boys. Thanks for listening to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast, the show for serious lead generators. Be sure to hit subscribe to hear more from those at the very cutting edge of the lead gen world. 